Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Soul. Directed by Pete Doctor and co-directed by Kemp Powers, Soul is the computer-animated fantasy comedy drama film produced by Pixar Animation Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. The movie is available now on Disney+, Plus. but if you haven't watched Soul yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Originally intended to be a theatrical release in the United States, Soul was released to stream on Disney Plus on Christmas Day and was theatrically released in countries without the streaming service. Luke, you have the plot. Joe Gardner, voiced by Jamie Foxx, is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he accidentally travels to the great beyond, just before his big gig, Joe seeks to reunite his soul and his body after they were separated. Ending up in the great before, Joe must help an unborn soul, voiced by Tina Fey, find their passion while also discovering what it means to have a soul. Mate, Pixar is doing it again. These family-friendly movies that aren't necessarily for kids, the themes that they're addressing. This movie's a bit different. It's not there. Can I say, though, that I watched this movie with my three-year-old and my eight-year-old, both of them really enjoyed it. My eight-year-old clearly picked up on more than my three-year-old, but this is the brilliance of Pixar. And we've talked about it before, many people have talked about this, is that they've got an ability to show a film to a number of people, different walks of life, different age ranges, all can enjoy it, but they're taking different things away from it. Like my three-year-old, she's enjoying the bright colours, the the silliness. Mm. So there's something to enjoy there. But as an adult, you're right. Like this film goes into a very well many deep places, and it's essentially it plays like an adult cartoon, but it's something that my family at least all enjoyed. That's really interesting because watching it as an adult, obviously my kid at the moment is not doesn't have the ability to watch anything and have an opinion, but. Uh, like I, I'll be honest. I was under the impression that hey, you put like a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old in front of this movie, they're gonna be bored. I know there's parts of this movie that are bright, colourful. There's cute little characters on the screen, but overall, there's a lot of talky bits. There's you know not heaps of action going on that I thought you know the majority of and and maybe your kids are just quite in tune with you know. Yeah, having the ability to take in what was happening and enjoying it. I, st- I guess there still could be a lot of kids that would just be like, I'm bored, this isn't... Because this isn't your typical Pixar with, like, you know, Toy Story. You know, there's lots of, you know, drama and emotion to it, but still lots of playful action and all this stuff going on, you know, inside out, same deal, lots of colour. Onward, you know, there's there's heart to it, but there's still adventure and you know, wacky character designs and all this stuff going on. Everything's happening on screen. This is a pretty straightforward, very human-grounded-based movie. 
and then you've got your animated sort of elements within it with these little characters. Yeah, I'm very impressed with your with your kids. But again, like when when they come back to this when they're older, they'll probably have a different experience with it. If the whole movie was how it started with Joe Gardner in the real world, I don't know. Mm. But as soon as you're following, it's still a soul, lot of the movie. Though. It's still a lot of the movie is, but it's connected. Now you've got a talking cat, and you've got all those other elements. Like honestly, <laughs> like it's Pixar. They they know what they're doing. They're giving a film that a family can watch, and that was my experience. I mean, you're right. Like, we, even with all the, you know, the heavy themes, I and mean, we were talking life, death, um, you know, meaning, purpose to, you know, you as an individual, you know, like all these things here, questioning, you know, like being alive, worth it. Am I doing the best I can, the most, am I doing the most of my life? And then, like, the idea of getting all that stuff done before you die, moving on, you know, the what's before, what's after addressing these kinds of things like it's heavy stuff and i guess like you're right you you happily sat your your kids in front of it and uh eight-year-old you say was able to i guess take in enough to understand i guess what was going on but not be traumatized by <laughs> what they no, were seeing and being exposed to i mean good learned about Wonderful. it at school life and death i mean she's not a stranger to that and then again, like the three-year-old, it's it's colourful. It's a talking cat. It's fun. There's there's fun things going on. I don't know. I don't know why I doubt Pixar. I really shouldn't. <laughs> you know, I still need to go back. You know, I my I've not watched all the Pixar movies, which is crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, you know, I haven't. I have most of them. I have Coco. I haven't done which. I, really? Which I'm going to. Much like, much like this movie, I mean, death is a very large theme to the is, to Coco. But we we do a thing on Saturdays where we do like movie night, six o'clock or thereabouts, and the kids can pick the movies. But what we've uh, my wife and I have now introduced is every now and then we'll throw in a pick <laughs> because <laughs> not all you know, it's, not all kids' movies are Pixar. So some of them are a struggle to get through. And my wife and I decided that Coco would be a good one to watch. So that's a gap in my Pixar knowledge. And another one, I've got to be honest, I'm not too excited about watching it, but I will. The Good Dinosaur. I've not seen that one. My least favourite. And you know how I feel about cars, right? The Good Dinosaur. Now, dinosaurs and Pixar. You think I would be... A happy yeah. guy, but no, my least favorite movie. Oh, maybe least favorite there. Pixar movie. There are two. They're the two that I haven't mm. seen. Coco looks excellent, it really does. And then my wife and I excitedly showed my eldest the trailer the other day because it was her pick, and we're like, "Oh man, this trailer looks so good. What do you <laughs> think?" And she's like, "No." Nah. And instead, we watched Beverly Hills Chihuahua Two. So there you go. That's Not even the that first happened. one. <laughs> we've seen that already i've got the third one to look forward to thanks disney plus they are all on there mm. but this movie soul let's get back to soul <laughs> we should. i mean yeah well let's talk about joe let's talk about joe gardner you know like he's a 
is a jazz teacher. You know, music is another, I guess, heavy element to this to this movie. Um, and I think it's something about jazz. You know, like it gives that certain quality of how should I say? It's just like class maturity. Um, and I guess oh, like that. the title, the title, the, the title, <laughs> oh, the title, yeah. the title soul could also be interpreted as, yeah, you know, course. not just literal souls, but, but um, musical soul. Talking you know, about like, maturity, I was just going to say, not really into jazz, never really <laughs> into it. So when this move, but again, like, with, because I'm not interested, I don't really pay attention to it. It's a thing that exists, but jazz is out there. Yeah. Nothing Mate, to do it's with like, me. It's like football, not into it, but I'll happily watch a movie about football. I mean, that's it's sport weird. for me. I don't yeah. like football, but I'll watch the Waterboy any given Sunday. I can get going. I don't watch those movies, Bar City Blues. But when the movie opened and you hear jazz music, uh, and that's and it's like the opening titles. I'm like, oh no, I'm in trouble here. It sounds awful. Fortunately, middle school kids, it's supposed to sound awful. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, that <laughs> I was. I thought I was having a hard time with a movie about jazz. And it was like, the Pix- was it, it the Pixar or the Disney music? It was like the, was it the castle? Yes. Was that the, yeah. And then it opens yeah. and you find out that it, it's, it's the band. And yet, yet Joe Gardner, he, he is the teacher, voiced brilliantly by Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Really you know, good I performance didn't, here. I didn't look up the cast or anything really before watching this. And um, halfway through the movie, I was like, no, I've got to, I've just got to look up who this is because I was like, no, this guy's doing a really good... I was like, Jamie Foxx, well, there it is. I knew Jamie Foxx and I knew Tina Fey and that was it. I didn't know anybody else that was going to be in this. But yes, you've got the character, Joe Gardner, and he's all about, what do they say, your purpose, like the thing that you're really good at, like what makes you, you. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, yeah. he's teaching music to kids, but what he wants to do is perform on stage you know, like have a gig, you know, break out into, well, yeah, performing. Like, you know, he wants to he wants to do all that. So he feels like there's more to life than what he's doing. And then when he finally gets that opportunity, you know, he falls down a manhole. You know, that old classic chestnut. We said in the opening, he's actually good. Like, he's not just a pipe yeah. dream. Like, he's not just wanting something that's out of reach. Like, he's... He's he's got the he's got the skill like he's he's a good he's a good musician. Well, in the I mean in the first fifteen minutes, he proves to, I guess, to us as the audience, but also to like you know the other characters in the movie that, yeah, he can do this because he gets the gig. You know, he's he's noticed and he's he's been he's told like, hey, you're really good. Like this is yeah, this is your chance. Come on board, tour with us or whatever, perform with us, whatever they tell him to do. So it's like yeah the first 15 minutes of the movie, it's like, yeah, this guy is good and he's, he's done it. He's going to, he's going to perform that night. Then he falls down a manhole and he dies. Kind of almost. <laughs> well, he, well, he does. <laughs> like he's, we're then, we're then following, following his soul. Tina Fey, I, I for sure thought that she had voiced a similar character before in animation, but I think I was mixing up with Sarah Silverman in Wreck-It Ralph. Sarah Silverman is, um, yeah, Princess Penelope in Wreck-It Ralph, but Tina... F- uh, is it Tina Fey or is it oh. Amy Poehler? It might be Amy Poehler in Inside, Inside Out. Out. 
Right, okay. Joy, right. is that Amy Poehler? No, I think it's Tina Fey. I think that is she... Tina Fey. Right, okay. Because I was thinking because they're the Tina same Fey. person. Like they're essentially the same person. <laughs> I mean, they've literally done a movie together, many movies together. Sisters. They host. They hosted the Golden Baby Globes together, maybe at least once. Baby <laughs> movie together, SNL. But yes, it's they look nothing it's... alike. <laughs> they look nothing alike. But yeah, I can but they're the same. Right, okay, but I was thinking, yes, Tina Fey in this, it was familiar to me. And yeah, it wasn't Sarah Silverman, different person who isn't Amy Poehler. Not even Pixar, but that's fine. It's Disney. It's all Disney, isn't it, at this point? I mean, Pixar left and then they came back. It's Disney. Amy Poehler is Joy in Inside Out. Just uh, fact-checking there. Right, so Tina Fey isn't so, in Inside Out. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, she's I'm not going to look up. I'm not looking up Tina Fey's okay. whole filmography to work it out. Tina Fey sounds like a kid in this movie. She does. I didn't pick a very it. Good I, job. I didn't pick it until I did the old Google search. <laughs> but look, she's doing a fun. I mean, I'm assuming she's doing the impressions as well, like when, you know, 22 is doing her. Is it a her? I don't even know. Tina. Is 22 yeah, a boy? she is. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's an unborn soul in this movie. I, I took the character. Well, you know how, like, you know, you know, female actresses can voice boy, ca- boy, children characters, or I guess, and I guess. But, so, but I, I took, I took the character as being female, as being sure. a little girl. That, that's that's how I took it. You know, there is there's a voice in this that as soon as I had to look it up, or no, I didn't look it up. It was just the end credits, and that was rolling. And I saw the the act, and it blew my mind. Moonwind, voiced by <laughs> Graham Norton, and I know Graham Norton from Father Ted, and obviously the Graham Norton show. Yeah. And when I went, I had to go back. I had to go back to some of his scenes and played scenes with Moonwind. And Graham Norton sounds one hundred percent like Graham Norton. Like he made no effort whatsoever to change his voice um yeah like um i I didn't again like i didn't pick his voice but as soon as i i read that it was him which was about halfway through the movie and i'll you know next time i saw him on heard him on screen i was like of course it's him like he's not even doing a voice that's just his voice like i'm like wait yeah that's it graham norton um pretty fun character there you know like he's a hippie Like it's between the realms. One... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a weird concept there because it's like this person can enter the like can just zone out or get into the zone and just be so chilled that he's flipping his sign, isn't he? He's like he's go into this dimension. Very bizarre concept. Um, the one voice that did stand out to me that I was like, well, I know that guy, Richard Ayoade, if yeah, I cannot pronounce his name. Ayodawi. Um, I think Ayodawi is how you pronounce Ayodawi it. Ayodawi sounds a lot more That's, accurate. Yeah, I've heard it said many times, but I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Yeah, and for a guy from <laughs> IT crowd, you know. That's <laughs> it, man, yeah. And he's the current host of the Crystal Maze reboot. Yes, yeah, seen I mean, that a few times. Very weird show. <laughs> the thing is, though, like with, with his voice, the reason why it's so easy to pick him out is because I think he is the only human that has that voice. 
It is yes. so distinctive as soon as you hear it. So with him and Graham Norton, there's two fairly prominent characters in a Pixar movie, Blue Man Man. Yeah, no, it happens. Not big actors. Like Graham Norton, of course, is known for the Graham Norton show. And Richard Aydawi did the IT crowd years ago. Maybe that translated in the US, but they're not necessarily big names. I remember years ago, uh, Ayadawi was in The Watch, mm. but still a sci-fi comedy. That was the last thing I saw him in. Didn't really <laughs> do too much from that. So again, love that they're in here, and you know, they both do a really good job. But I was just surprised to find them in the Pixar movie. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of different voices. All these um, souls and all these like soul counselors, uh, the Jerry's Terry. There's Rachel House, that she's a pretty prominent uh, New Zealand actress. She's in things. She was in Thor Ragnarok. Ah, stuff like yes. that. Yeah, uh, she's, she's worked with Taika a few times. I think she was in The Hunt for the Wilder People as well. Yeah, I think she was in uh, Boy. Yeah, pretty much Taika Waititi movies. Yeah, no, good, good. Um, just a mixture of different characters, and I mean, this is the that's the point of the movie where it is all colourful, bubbly. There's all these different little cartoony characters that I guess, yeah, the kids must love. But i got to say, you know, like when we're first introduced to this great before, I wasn't quite sure what it was because, I mean, our main character fell down a manhole. It was implied that, okay, has he died? He's gone to sort of the afterlife or at least the step before the afterlife and then suddenly he falls off that. It was like a bridge or whatever, staircase thing. And it's like, okay, where is he? What are these very infant-like kind of soul things, I was like, oh, is this where dead babies go? <laughs> oh, I legit had that thought. And I was like, is this where we are, Pixar? Is that what oh, this no. is? It is. You're, you're a new parent. You don't need that. Oi. Yeah, that's why I was like, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't really. think anybody is. Nobody wants it wasn't dead that. baby souls. It wasn't that. It was the great before. It was the unborn, you know, like the souls before they become little people. So, yeah, this movie's got a whole thing of, like, these these souls, before they're born, they've got to learn what they, I guess, what their passion is, what their purpose is, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot going on. There's different goals. That's the whole thing with 22, that she can't find her purpose or her passion, her missing piece, because they're born with all but one piece. And that's what the soul needs to be complete, to be born. And she's missing that piece. And that's why she's going through all these figures of history. And she just can't find that missing piece. Did you notice with uh, the soul of Marie Antoinette, she was just a floating head? Yeah, had no body. Because she was uh, decapitated, <laughs> oh, was she not? Yeah. <laughs> Good joke, Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> she decapitated. Look, listen to this movie. Like, I mean, there's... I mean, at first you're thinking uh, the movie's about uh, this movie's about Joe. It's about him, I guess. Uh, you know, discovering you know maybe there's more to life than like you know just playing a gig. Maybe his real purpose is the you know teaching and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe he learns something. You know, what is he going to learn? It's something that something to do with his life and discovering something. You know that that's going to happen. And then also we're introduced with with twenty two. It's also about you know, discovering 
what is there to life and you know like life is actually worth living because she's like what's the point i'll just stay here in like this in the great before i don't need to be on earth there's nothing there for me and there's this whole thing about you know like being born and having your life and the world like there's so much to it so much to enjoy and embrace and it's like shit this is magical pixar at its greatest <laughs> okay not its greatest but it's doing what what they do best oh for sure going heavy but did, or going home did you know what this film was going to be going into it because i i for the most part stayed away from the trailers like yeah, I, I mean i knew jamie fox was in it as a musician Tina Fey, her name had been thrown around, but I didn't know too. I didn't know too much more than that. No, I mean the the initial teaser is kind of all I looked into. Um, you know, it was like, right, Pixar movie, I'm going to watch it anyway. So I was like, whatever. All I knew was that like this guy, yeah, he plays jazz. He falls down a manhole and uh, he becomes like a, a ghost or something like that. So I figured, okay, he's it's like an afterlife or, or something like that. And it's about. I figured it was about. It, it seemed like there was something deeper to the movie than just your usual, like, fun adventure and all that. I feel like I'm belittling other Pixar movies, but I'm not. But you know no, what I mean? No, you, no, I do. And I know. But I didn't know. Big, I didn't know the fun. actual. I know you. Yeah, I didn't know that there was. It was it'd be this deep. Like, it's full on. Crazy. But, just, but no, yeah, for me, though. I didn't like, know the plot at all. But when you've got Jamie Foxx voicing a talking cat, I had no idea. Didn't know that was going to be yeah, a thing. crazy. When I, I had no idea, and I'm glad because you think it's going to be. You think, you think the movie's just going to be about him trying to get back home, we're all back to Earth, and then it's like, oh, they they get there pretty quickly. Yeah, so when twenty ends up in the wrong body, is in Joe's body, and Joe is in the cat. It's fun because no, because to, to the outside, and this is the thing. Like, so my kids are going to enjoy that part of it. So to the outside world. The cat sounds like a cat. <laughs> and that, you're getting a lot of comedy from that. But then he's Jamie Foxx boys in the cat. And then, you know, I think my, my three-year-old from memory, she had a few questions around, like at the end when the girl wasn't in the boy anymore, she had questions around that. But that has to be, to be expected. Like, oh, I thought, yeah, because it showed that she was following what was going on. But this movie was giving me a lot of what I didn't, I didn't expect. And that's, I'm enjoying that more and more now, like because we watch a lot of films, and for the big bigger films especially, and this is a bigger film as well, it's hard not to get spoiled, and not just spoilers, like spoiled by trailers. I think we talk about it quite often. It's often the well, the third trailer or the story trailer where they yeah. really start to give you a condensed cut of the movie. Yeah, like there's the there's the teaser that tells you like sort of like this is the project, this is the film kind of thing. Here's a few little snippets. Then you got your you know your first main trailer where it's like, okay, here's the tone of the movie. This is sort of the idea of what you're going to get from it. By the second third trailer, it's like here's the story. Here's what's happening. Mm. Here's the and sometimes not knowing that stuff like this movie, for instance, not knowing where anything is going, it it makes it so much better. Definitely, like I, I, I had no idea. So I'm like, it's, it's really refreshing, and an original story as well. Let's praise that. 
Like, you know, our yeah, last yeah. review was Wonder Woman 1984. And, you know, we're not going to know the exact trajectory of that story, of that film, but we know who Wonder Woman is. So you've got a good idea going into that film of what it's going to be. But with this film, you know, Pixar giving us an original story. Yeah, you're introduced to a new character here in this film. So you know you're right. Like, an original story is worth, you know, praising. Because, you know, like, there's a lot of movies with original stories, but not, a, not enough of them are, are seen by the majority of people. Not enough are talked about. Um, but I think with the power of Pixar behind this, you know, I mean, people are talking and, and Disney Plus, like it's accessible to anyone who has that subscription. Um, that wasn't an ad or a plug, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, there was, not it? But you know, Pixar, Christmas Day. Here you go. Watch Soul. I mean, I didn't watch. Did you watch a Christmas Day? I no, didn't. I didn't because I was with my no. family. But I think well, that's it. I didn't watch a Boxing Day either. No, but, I know, think like... it was the day after Boxing Day. I might have watched yeah. it. But even like lead, this is not Soul, but leading up to Christmas Day, the family and I sat down and watched Godmothered, which is not on the level of Soul, but it, it's a fun. It was pretty Disney fun, wasn't it? Movie that they put out at Christmas time. It's it's a film set at Christmas and. And it was a lot of fun. So I'm really impressed with Disney Plus at the moment. I think we talked it's about finally how... giving us stuff besides well, we... Mandalorian. That's great. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Is like we're saying, like for almost like the first the first year, we were paying for Mandalorian and Jeff Goldblum, and that's yeah. pretty much what we're paying for now. Oh, and Noel, I know you enjoyed that. But now they're giving yoga these... pants. <laughs> it still it still works for you. But now as hell. A little bit more. So yeah, Godmothered and then, yeah, Soul, like Christmas Day. I'm sure some people did watch it on Christmas Day. But for me, a couple of days after, but it was good knowing that you had a big blockbuster to watch on the small screen over the holidays. Yeah. Well, you mean, look, with getting getting back to Soul, I suppose, I mean, what else is there to say? Like with Pixar, you know you're going to get fantastic animation. Um, and I think we would, I think we only need to talk about the animation if, they weren't delivering. But I think in this instance, like they have once again um, to the point where, you know, background shots are almost looking real. It's starting to freak me out. When, when they go to, are we saying the great beyond or the great before? So when they go to the great before, I think that's where the majority of the alternative reality is. Yeah. Dimension. That looks excellent. And as good as, Pixar has done in the past. Like all those sequences, the real world depicts in this movie, I will say, in my opinion, it's the best realistic animation Pixar I've ever done. I mean, I still I I still go to like Toy Story for that opening scene in the oh, rain. With the rain. That was like it worked really that was well. like photorealistic. Okay. It was crazy. Okay. I am gonna walk that back a little bit because Yes. It's still, this is it still is. fantastic. Though. So, <laughs> I don't want to take away from your comment. No, no. Okay. You, you're right, though. I remember watching on the big screen Toy Story 4, the opening up movie, The Rain, blew me away. I was like, this isn't animated. They're cheap. They're yeah, cheating. They're, they're cheating. It's just, this is just to set up a camera outside. It was <laughs> incredible. But even then, though, the characters, but the characters in Toy Story aren't photorealistic. So, what I'll say then is, 
you, you're right. Maybe some of the sceneries and, and the weather is is better in Toy Story 4. But more like, for with, with Soul, I'll say like a realised world. So these aren't photorealistic characters, but the design is incredible. I mean, the, the barber, Curly, looks bloody insane. <laughs> like the, the detail, that, that whole, yeah. the, the barbershop scene is, is insane to look at. Like there's so much going on there. But just the world that they've built, it works really well that there's such a strong distinction. Like, again, for me, some of the best animation Pixar have done in the real world, and then that contrast to still beautiful animation in the great beyond, the quality of this film is it's stunning. Well, on that, let's, let's wrap it up with our rating. What, are you, what would you give this out of uh, five? There's a lot going on in this film. There's the story, the animation, the voice. It, it's, a, it's a really good film. I, again, I do need to fix up um, my missing Pixar movies just so <laughs> next time we do one of these reviews, I'll have a complete catalogue to, to look back on. But th- this is up there for me. It's... It didn't quite do enough for me that I got from Inside Out, but it's hard when you compare it to solid movies. It's a really, hmm, it's hard, it's hard. I'm going to come in with 4.5. I think the, the experience of watching it as a family really, really did lift it from a four. For me, it's not quite a five, but I I enjoyed this movie. I could sit down and watch it again. And the fact that Pixar have put out a film, and, and you know, for you thinking that maybe this is one for the adults and not necessarily for young kids. For me, they, they've done it again. And there's, I mean, I'm giving it 4.5 and not a five, and I'm struggling to find a fault, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with a... 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, look, um, I think I get kind of w- what you're saying there. Um, like, this is a this is a great, this is a great movie, a great film, um, definitely a great animated film as, as well. Uh, it's not Pixar's best, um, although the themes that they're going for, like, they're heavy, they're, they're great, they're handled really well. I think one thing that the, the movie is missing, which I think is, is taking away from, I guess, the full Pixar package, is the emotion, like the thematics, the themes are there and they're really great and they're delivered really well. But overall, like the, the, the real emotional drive, there isn't anything there that's sort of like really giving me like a kick in the guts that I get with... I mean, even bloody onward, like I shed some tears. I'll admit it. I don't know if I said that in our review when we <laughs> we did it, but I mean, even that, like I shed some tears. Like this, I didn't have that emotional grip. I really enjoy what they're doing. It's a fantastic piece of film, fantastic piece of cinema. I wish I'd watched it on the big screen because yeah, the animation is great, performances are fantastic. So there's got there's so much going for it, um, but it's just missing that emotional drive that takes a lot away from what a Pixar movie can be. So although fantastic, it's not their best but it's still very much up there. Four out of five, I will happily get it. 
it's definitely the the animation and just the the experience I had where I was watching it that that gave me that four point five out of five. But you mentioned Onward there. Can I be honest with you? Forgot about that movie <laughs> until you mentioned it. I'm sure it'll come up. Probably not That's by me. I'm guessing because I forgot <laughs> about it when we do our year in review yep. podcast. Wow, onward, that happened. Okay. <laughs> this year as well, not right. last year. 2020. There we go. Let me wrap up with some trivia before we go. I want to talk about pretty much the credits of this movie. There's just a few little things here that they sort of played with and um, they gave us, including a little, a little tiny, very minor end credit scene. Um, usually Pixar have production babies, so they list babies that were born during the making of this film. But instead, they retitled the production babies part of the credits to recent U seminar graduates, which is obviously a play on... The, the whole concept of what the, the souls are doing in the, uh, what's it called? The, be, the, the great before, be, the great before, I don't know, whatever it is. So yeah, there's, there's that. Um, before the end logos roll at the very final bit, it says, in addition to the usual created by Pixar text, which is on pretty much the majority of the Pixar films, it also says, and in the homes of at least six, and in homes at least six, feet away from each other in the Bay Area. So this is obviously referencing the fact that animators worked at home during the COVID-19 pandemic to get this movie finished, which is cool. On that though, obviously we have this movie delivered to Disney Plus at homes. Yes, there are some places across the globe where it was delivered to cinemas because they don't have Disney Plus. However, there's a stinger at the end where Terry appears again. Uh, and she tells people that the movie's over and she suggests that they all go home, which I feel <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, no, that's interesting because, okay. Because, I mean, yeah. I didn't 95% of, yeah, 95% of the, uh, the world watched it at home. Trivia, I thought it was a... Uh, oh, you know, that's making me sad because you're right. This movie should have been seen on the big screen. Yeah, but it's all good. It's all good. That's it for our review of Soul. <laughs> please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmshoepodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Wonder Woman 1984. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.